All right, let's do this. Hey guys, I'm Parker Kane. Thanks for listening to my podcast, Upbeat. I share a lot of motivational stuff and info on social media, music, and entertainment. But I will also be sharing my personal experiences and interviewing all kinds of other people for their stories and their experiences, finding and pursuing what they really love to do. Let's get into it. Upbeat listeners, thank you very much for being here and for listening in. I'd like to welcome to the show a very cool guest today. Call it from Los Angeles, right? You're in Los Angeles? LA, baby. Awesome. So he's a published author, millennial motivational speaker, and serial entrepreneur, Andy Audate. Is that how you say it? Audate? It depends. If you're in France, you say Audate. 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 If you're in America, you say Audate. Audate. So Andy Audate is here with me. <laughs> thank you for that. Uh, and Andy, thank you for being on the show. I appreciate it. Well, brother, man, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. I, I've heard nothing but good stuff about your show and nothing but good stuff about you. And what you're doing, man, I acknowledge you for making a change in positivity in this world. I'm so pumped up and excited to be on your show. Thank you. I love the enthusiasm, man. Upbeat uh, is a motivational podcast, very passion-oriented. Uh, so I wanted to kick things off first by asking you, what is it that you're passionate about? What's your number one passion? Well, let's just say I, I like creating change. I'm really passionate about creating change. I personally like being responsible for a change taking place. I like being known at like, me recognizing that, hey, because of me, I made this change happen. If it wasn't for me, I wouldn't. It wouldn't be. It wouldn't have been uh, possible or made. So that's really important to me. Awesome. And so this is the cool part. How did you get there? Like, just dissecting how you became who you are today. How did you first discover that that was something you're passionate about? It started. It started when I was 14 years old, and I wanted to be a rapper. So I knew that I I wanted to be on stage. I knew I wanted to command change. I knew I wanted to be the person to make direction or, or to create direction. So I, I'm, I'm 14 years old at the time. I want to be a rapper. I want to get on stage. I want to share my message. I want to I want to tell people like my message about what I think and what I want want the world to, to, to know about me and do. And that's where and that's where that's really where it started, brother. Awesome. So clearly, that's probably why you're an accomplished speaker, coach, and now author. Uh, and I'm assuming things weren't always that way for you. So could you just briefly catch uh, myself up and the listeners up uh, with more about you and your upbringing and your childhood and, and what it was like growing up in your shoes? Dude, I had the best life. Man, my parents were rich. They gave me whatever I wanted. You know, they, they, I'm a trust fund baby raised in, 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 in wealth. And that's completely like distant from like my reality. That's like completely distant from what life was like for me. I was raised on the, in the, on the smallest state in the country, which is Rhode Island, raised in the smallest city in the smallest state of the country, in a, in a place of impoverishment, a place, place of impoverty. Drugs, gun violence, uh, death, murder, gangbangers, and, and, and the like. And I realized that this place wasn't for me, and I wanted to get out of here. I just didn't know how. Someone who believed in me suggested that I start a business at 19. And I looked at him. I said, first of all, man, I'm an employee that works at a cell phone store right now. I don't have any business business knowledge. I'm 19 years old. I'm overweight. I got a big nose. Uh, technically, I'm broke. And I'm a college dropout. I'm not going to be successful. He said, I believe in you. You can definitely do this. I said, shoot, I'll, I'll take your belief. Sometimes you got to take someone else's belief in order, in, in order to do something spectacular. So I took his belief, took, took that plunge. 
Within 18 months, I made my first million dollars. I had 14 employees, four locations in the cell phone stores. I own Metro PCS, which is a, a T-Mobile brand, as well as Simple Mobile, which is another T-Mobile brand um, in, in the malls on, on the East Coast. That is awesome. And how, if you don't mind me asking, how old are you right now? I'm 24 now. So this was 19 to 21. 21, 2016, I moved from the East Coast to the West Coast. So I, I closed the cell phone stores. Uh, because I essentially I wanted to I wanted to get away I wanted to to, to to I wanted to get away from the East Coast, so I took all that money and closed the locations. I didn't know you could actually sell a business. So had I known that, I would have sold the business and probably keep keep some royalties and or or dividends. But I mean now now I know and I would have done things a little bit differently. But hey, I was a young dude and um, everything worked out well. Yeah, that's awesome. You don't hear a very many 19 to 20 year olds starting businesses, growing them and ultimately achieving the million dollar mark. Man, that's that's really cool. Something definitely to be proud of. So walk me through what happened after that. Uh, what were some of your next steps? I'm, I'm, I'm now living in California and I retired for about a year. I'm overweight in downtown LA. I have so much money. Uh, I'm eating. I'm eating my money. Literally, so I, I buy food. I'm, I'm eating it. Uh, I'm living a luxurious lifestyle. So I want to lose weight. So I start running on down the street uh, to start working out. And one day on my run, I had this vision that I'm going to be a speaker. I want to speak in front of people. So I, I'm listening to the Les Brown, to the motivational speaker Les Brown. He's the number one motivational speaker. Do while I have this vision, I know one day I'll be able to say that I spoke on stage with him. Uh, I never met him in person at that time. And I knew that that was, was for me coming up. It was coming very soon. So I go home after this run. I, I type in, how do I become a motivational speaker? I see a, an ad for Les Brown. I type, I, I go into the ad. I click on the website. I fill in my name, my first name, last name, and phone number, an email. The next day, they call me. Sales rep calls me and tells me, hey, do you want to join Les Brown's course? It's $5,000. I said, you know what? Five thousand. I never spent anything over five thousand beside my car and my business. There's no way I'm gonna spend five thousand dollars on a course. Plus, there's another guy who's doing the same program or something similar for one hundred and ninety-seven bucks. I'd rather go with the nine one ninety-seven. And that guy on on the phone, the sales rep, showed me that this five thousand dollar investment was worth it because of the value that I was really gonna get, the access, the proximity, stuff like that. You get what you pay for. I'm like, okay. I invest that I invest money into that organization, the Les Brown organization. And I fly down to Miami to go to the headquarters. When I'm at the headquarters, um, I, I go there to meet the CEO, I go there to meet the salespeople. But by the grace of God, somehow, some way, like magically, Les Brown happened to have like one of the days because he might come to the office maybe once or twice a year. One of the days that he happens to come to the office happens to be in Miami the day that I'm in the office. Wow. So he walks into the office and he says, uh, he looked at me and says, young man, you look like me when I was younger. And in my head, I'm like, yo, your boy, it sounds just like you two. And he's like, he's like, he walks away because he sees that I'm starstruck. And then next thing you know, I hear overheard him talking about going on tour, that he was going to go on tour. I said, I need to be on that tour. I went to the president six times and I said, hey, give me an opportunity to be part of that tour. For six times straight over the course of a couple of weeks, he said, no, 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 no. 
I was persistent. On the seventh try, he then gave me a chance. He said, all right, man, you're not going to quit, are you? I said, no, I can't quit Andy. And he says, all right, man, you know what? I send you to Orlando. So now I'm on tour with Les Brown, learning from Les, and I move to Cal. I, I, I'm traveling about the country, and I come back to California uh, after a year at the end of the tour. And now it's time for me to start my own business. So I started a seminar production company here where I host a, a, a seminar called the Progression Conference. The Progression Conference is, in a, is a one-day business seminar where I bring in top business entrepreneurs and experts to speak and share their strategies to the audience so that way the audience can duplicate their, the, the speaker's expertise and results and literally progress their business and progress their finances. And that's what I do now is I host this event um, as well as I run a marketing firm where I work with small business owners to shape the public's identity, to, to shape the public's perspective of my client's business. So that way it's that they make an educated business decision on working with my clients. That was a mouthful. <laughs> no, I love it. Thank you. That was, that was a good uh, walkthrough of kind of what you've been through and the Les Brown thing too. That's a phenomenal story um, and a story of persistence, which I think is a really good lesson for, for everyone to be reminded of just that if you really are persistent and work hard for things, you can achieve that. Cause your your life, like you're telling me, like you've created these businesses, you've made X amount of money, you've worked with these people, but it didn't just like pop into your lap. Like you are obviously somebody who works hard. So what kind of principles uh, can you, I guess, kind of pick from your life, things that you apply in your life uh, that you can share with myself and with the Upbeat listeners that they can also apply in their lives to ensure that, that they can have the success that they're looking for? Yeah, number one is to definitely think big. Uh, you got you got to think massive. You got to think huge. Um, you got to create goals so big that God, only God, can help you with. See, my goals are so damn big. I I don't I don't actually believe I can personally do it, but I know with God I can do it. You got to have goals so big that with God you can do it. Number two, number two, you got to get around people who can support you in your vision. I, I did a show earlier this morning where the person said, "Hey, man." I, I, one day I want to have a private jet. I know it sounds stupid. It sounds stupid. I know it sounds stupid. I said, why do you think it sounds stupid? I said, the only reason you probably say that is because of the people that you're around that you, you use the word stupid to protect yourself. So that way, when other people say you're stupid, you are in agreement with them versus how you truly feel. I said, if you get around people that are going to support you towards your goal, they're going to not say you're stupid, but they're going to say it's possible. I believe in you. How can you do it? And so you're not gonna, your response is not going to be stupid. So 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 your your environment can either support you towards your vision or, or take you away from it. So that's number three. And then uh, number four is probably going to be have faith, man. Have, have faith in, in in yourself and have confidence and recognize that you are a powerful human being. Like you are the most sensational product in this earth. Everything revolves around you as a human. Everything revolves around you. So you are so powerful that you should not hinder yourself. Uh, you, you should not get in your own way. You are more powerful than a bird, more powerful than an ant, more powerful than a lion. Even us humans, you can contain a lion. You can contain an elephant who's stronger than a human. 
But your brain is so powerful that if you put it to use, you can create some wonderful things. So go all out with your life. That's really the message. Go all out with your life. I'd be saddened to say like, yo, I'm 60 years old. And I look back and I'm like, I wish, I regret, I should have, I could have. That's my biggest fear. And my biggest fear is not even dying. My biggest fear is going to 60 or 75 years old and say, oh, man, you should have done that, man. You could have. You should have. I wish you did. Yeah. Regrets. It must be a really common thing. Like, you know, it should motivate us to live in a way that we won't have any regrets. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it doesn't make sense for you to really just like put yourself in a position where you're like, oh, I regret this like it doesn't make sense so if you recognize that that's going to happen and you want to minimize that uh, jeff bezos has a system called regret minimization where you're able to essentially look at what you want to accomplish in life and minimize which out of these things that you're going to accomplish are you going to have the least amount of regret you're probably going to have regret but what's the least amount of regret that you're going to have i love that and and i wanted to put light on your book too, your book, No More Average. One of the things mentioned is that you you talk about in there um, how to get through times of fear, doubt, and discouragement and negative thoughts. So, I mean, without spoiling, I guess, everything in the books, I, w- I want to encourage people to uh, go get a copy of it. But what are some, what's some good advice for people who are constantly in those negative thoughts and really struggle finding the positivity and moving forward with good things? So the book, the book's title is No More Average. No More Average. And you, and your people can get the book at nomoreaveragebook.com. That's nomoreaveragebook.com. And really in the book, man, it starts off with like, I'm as raw and real as possible. So this book is for people who understand the realness, like who want the no cookie cutter, like they want it straightforward. So it, the book literally starts off with this uh, scenario. You are laying on your deathbed. Around the corner, any minute, any hour, any second, death is upon you. What are your thoughts? What are you thinking about? As your eyes are glued to the ceiling, you think about your life. Did you fulfill everything that you wanted to do? Were the responsibilities for your life met? And when I talk about responsibilities, I'm not talking about the responsibility of paying the rent, paying the mortgage, taking care of the kids, doing the laundry. I'm not talking about those responsibilities. I'm talking about your life's purpose. What's your life's purpose in that? This book is talking about life's purpose and recognizing that when you are on purpose with your life, you're not thinking about fear. Fear doesn't have the hold on you. Your purpose is much stronger than that. Negative thoughts doesn't have a hold on you. You're much stronger than that. When you're on purpose and your vision is so big for your life and the life of, of others, fear is like an ant trying to hold you back when you're, when you're trying to take off for your marathon. The ant can't do anything to you unless you say, oh, my gosh, there's an ant and it's trying to stop me. Let me go. Let me get on my knees and, and, and support the ant in stopping me. Dang, that is very true. That's a really good analogy, a really good perspective for everyone. It's, it's the only perspective, bro. Like, it's the only perspective. Like, it's, it's how, do, how does someone think about themselves? Like, I believe wholeheartedly I'm one of the most sexiest men in the world. I love myself. I love the way I look in the mirror. 
and there's so many things I can change. I love the way that my attitude is. Um, some people don't like it. Some people want me to be smaller and say, you know what, what, be humble. But essentially, I want other people to experience that as well, where they look at themselves in the mirror and they say, I'm sexy. I'm, I'm with my slab, you know, with my small butt, with my big nose, with everything, I'm sexy. But once you start getting to that point, you can do anything because nothing can hold you back, not even your own mind. I love that. No, seriously. I And I needed to hear that too. I need to work on that positivity, that confidence. And I'm sure many of the listeners do as well. So thank you very much for share, sharing that and for putting it that way. Uh, very, very relatable. Uh, so as someone who is pursuing a path of speaking and coaching, uh, I know there's a few listeners as well too that are looking to pursue a, a similar path. So for anyone who's listening who would who would like to pursue a similar path as you? What are some like roadblocks they they could look out for, or what are what are some advice they could? Uh, I, I guess a good heads up for them moving forward on that career path. So I did a podcast earlier today, and the person made a comment about like imposter syndrome, and I didn't really know about it, but I guess imposter syndrome is this uh, experience where. You, you you block yourself from success because you feel like you're you're inadequate. I I don't know if that's real to that magnitude that can stop you, but realizing that imposter syndrome should not be stopping you. Um, another thing is speaking is a business. Speaking is not a hobby. Uh, it's it's a, it's a legit, legitimate business. And what some people do is they focus so much on the philanthropy or the act of speaking that they forget the business aspect. So you got to remember that it's a business and, and put yourself in a position to generate income from it. Um, don't forget that you got to make money. That's really, what, that's really what it comes down to. I love that. And I actually heard of uh, impostorism or whatever it was. They, they didn't say impostorism. They said just the word imposter to me earlier uh, today, actually, where they said like they don't feel, I guess, credible as a coach in the field that they're in. And I think that I felt that before too, you know, with my beatboxing, I went viral as a beatboxer who, I mean, my video didn't have any words in it at all. <laughs> and then people started hiring me to be a keynote speaker at their events. And I, I think I struggled with that at that time. I felt like an imposter. I felt like I wasn't credible and like, Hey, I'm just a beatboxer. I don't know what I'm doing here. I'm not a professional speaker. And there was a lot of doubt that came from that. So I do think that that's a real thing that people struggle with. And I think you, you said it really well, man. Like they just can't let that be something that stops them. Yeah. I, you, you got to go all in, man. You got to, you got to go all in and experience the wins and, and you got, you got to recognize that you have the power to get the information that you need. Um, I don't think anyone like the way that expert is defined. I, I don't know if, the way that I see an expert, essentially, is really like this person just spent more time than the average human being studying a certain field. So if you spent more time beat, more spent more time beatboxing and, and practicing beatboxing than the average human being, which probably the average human being has less than an hour of beatboxing under their belt. If so, if you have more than them, then you're you're obviously one up on them. You're obviously an expert in comparison to them. So if you if you put the time, the effort, the not and the know-how over the average human being, they're going to respect you as an expert rather than call you an imposter. Oh, because you have four hours, or because you have, you know, you know, this uh, 
you have just a couple of hours more than them, well, you have more than them at the end of the day. And so your knowledge, your experience, and your knowledge can support them in leveling up. You're the expert. You're the person that can support them growing. Now, granted, there's going to be people that are going to be better than you. They just have more experience than you do. They have more knowledge than you do. And as time goes on and as you progress, you're going to level up as well. So are you an imposter? I wouldn't call that an imposter, but I would really call that. I would really call that as someone who's progressing. I love that, dude. And and to your to your points too, like there's always goal setting as well. And if you want to be good at something or an expert at something, you can always achieve that. So what are, I, I guess, some of your tips and tricks in regards to, and especially recently on the podcast, actually, I've been talking about not giving up on 2019 and still going for your goals, uh, but also preparing for your goals in 2020. So what are some good tips and tricks in regards to setting goals and, and getting on the right path to what you want to achieve? Write down your goals every single day. Make, you want to create TOMA. TOMA with your goals. TOMA is T-O-M-A, top of mind awareness. So you want to create top of mind awareness with your goals where when it's, it's very easy to recite your goals. You know it at the top of your head and you know when you want to accomplish it by. You're very clear as to when you want to accomplish it by, and your brain—it's like as if you, your your brain is like a like a like a like a goal achieving machine. Your brain's gonna do the work to achieve it over the course of time. I remember I remember this like yesterday, man. The the business that I, that I, I I went to uh in in probably like March of 2014. I went to a place of of quiet of quiet healing of of quiet a prayer, a place of a quiet prayer. And it was a sacred place. It was a faith, faith place. And I went there and I wrote down my goals. And my goal was that in June of 2014, I'm going to open up the first store. And I, and I wrote down by January 1st, by January 1st, I'll have the second store uh, in the works. I remember writing that down in the works of being open. So not necessarily open, but in the works. That was March 2014. So by June 1st, 2014, I opened up my first cell phone store. December 22nd, 2014, I signed a deal for my second location. So technically, and then, and then that's when construction began at my second location to start up, to open up my second store. So it was in the works by the January 1st date that I wrote. And I believe that all of that came to fruition because of the goal that I set in my brain accountability is important too. So how, would you say that you um, just had a, a lot of willpower and were able to keep yourself accountable in regards to achieving your goals? Or did you have people in your life that you included uh, to help you make that happen? Me being a leader, um, I always put my results, my results were always dependent on someone else. So you want to you have your results your, your, your goals be accomplished and, and support other people. So what I mean by that is like when I opened up the cell phone store, it was because of the people that was working for me. So I would think about George. I would think about Joe. I was thinking about Paulo. I was thinking about Christy. I was thinking about Jerixa, my employees, that the reason I'm opening up the business is so I can take care of them. So I had to do what I had to do to make sure that they were good. You know what I'm saying? So, so, that's the highest level of accountability. That's why you see mothers start doing crazy things like 
like they end up they end up doing crazy things that an average human being could, couldn't do, but a mother can because they realize that their livelihood, their children's livelihood is totally dependent on them. So if the husband leaves the relationship, hey, don't worry about it. Things are gonna be okay. You gotta put yourself in a position where people you're responsible for people. So like in my new in my new business, I remember when I had to when I had the mindset of experience. Like for me to take care of myself, like realistically, for me to take care of myself financially, I only got to do a couple big transactions a month. It doesn't have to be much. So I can literally, on the first of the month, let's just say, for example, on the first of the month, I could do a, a handful of big transactions, and I'm good for the next two months. I don't really need much more income. But when I when I decided to bring in an employee into my company, my first employee, I was like, whoa, I need to level up. Not only did that make me more money because I was my activity was higher, but I had someone that I was taking care of. Now she she's she's a, an adult, she's a woman. Um, she was actually older, very much. She was actually nearly ten years older than me when I hired her. But it's that mindset of like, yo, I'm responsible. So when you realize when you put yourself in a position of responsibility, that's when you start doing things that you didn't know you were part you were capable of. That's so true. Thank you very much for sharing. I mean something for me to work towards because I, I mean, I've never owned a business, um, especially to a level where like I had employees or anything. So that's a good thing too. If you want to be more successful, uh, put yourself in a position where you have to succeed in order to help other people as well. That's really good insight. Uh, so I've just got kind of a last few questions, uh, to just kind of shoot through that. I, I typically ask on, on every episode or for, or with every guest, what qualities do you admire about your parents? Uh, resilience. What's a dream that you've already achieved and then a dream that you still really would want to achieve? Uh, achieve speaking on stage with Les Brown. I uh, want, to, want to achieve hire 50 people in my company. Okay. And then what's your favorite word or do you have a favorite word? Uh, progression. Cool. And then I don't know if you're a TV watcher or not, but what's your favorite TV show and your favorite social media platform? Uh, Power on the Stars Network. And that would be Instagram. Awesome. Perfect. And what was your Instagram so we can make sure people can reach out to you? My Instagram is Andy Date. Cool. Well, thanks, man. Uh, thanks, Andy, for being on the show. Dude, thank you so much for having me, man. I, I really enjoyed your show. Um, you got You got a lot of great stuff going on. Thanks, man. You as well. And hey, if you ever need a beatboxer, man, I, I'm down to, to beatbox at any of your events or anything. All right, sweet. Sounds like a plan. <laughs> cool, man. Well, thanks. Have a good night. Thank you. You as well. All right. So there you have it. An interview with Andy Audate. Hit him up on Instagram. It's at Andy Audate or his website, AndyAudate.com. And thanks for tuning into this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. We'll see you next time.